left, right. Hey, what's up, podcast listeners? Uh, we are about to be joined by my friend Nicole. So it's going to be James, myself, and Nicole discussing sexual harassment. Nicole brings a great perspective as a female that we couldn't get between James and I. So I'm really glad you joined us. Her information's below in the links if you're watching on YouTube, if you're watching the podcast, it's in the text. Um, follow her, watch her podcast, subscribe. We all, you know, we all can show some love. So uh, enjoy it. And if you want to share some feedback, maybe something that we can bring up in the future podcast, make sure to include in the comments because I really do enjoy reading the comments and sharing your stories. All right, enjoy this. See ya. This is Sip Talk. Grab a drink and enjoy. Hear us, you're good. Uh, I think your audio is pretty good still. So, anybody who's live should be able to hear you. Um, but you want to introduce yourself because you do a lot of stuff. I may not, I may not know the full spectrum. Yeah, so I'm Nicole. Everyone called me Coco since I was younger. Um, I'm a digital creator, but now I'm officially a CEO. I started my own business about five months ago, so I'm building my brand from the ground up. Uh, I have a podcast, a YouTube channel. I sing, I dance, I act, everything. Jack of all trades. <laughs> can you do? Can you can you say what it is? And and uh, yeah, what's you, your business? Are you in the oh, chat? I haven't really uh, done a video dedicated to it yet. I've been keeping it on the hush hush. Uh, but the name of the company is Project Nucleus. And basically, I want to create a hub for creators um, where they can meet together and network. And if someone has a monologue that they have to practice, they can go on my website and find someone else that can be their partner. Or if it's a YouTube video, it, it's just for collaborating and creators. I feel like we don't have enough platforms like that. And I've only seen a couple of them. And we need more Black Latina creators. So that's another reason for it. Um, so just what are the names of the podcasts that you're working on right now? Uh, so my podcast is called Coco Explains It All. I talk about, I do reviews on film, TV, uh, entrepreneurship. I talk about that. Um, really giving reviews on the sex trafficking, the whole Jeffrey Epstein case. I'm really into that right now. So I make sure everything is completely factual. I leave my opinion and biases out of it. Um, so that I'm on week four now. Uh, it launches tomorrow, Wednesdays at 5 a.m. And then I have a couple Sting TV with my husband. We started it two years ago. And we just talk about a couple of different things. We wanted to give people uh, raw. I was just, I was, raw was the, I was just going to say, it's, it's definitely raw. And it's really cool because you guys were engaged when you started or you weren't even No, no, we got engaged this April. So we've seen the full spectrum of yeah. the relationship over the course of the podcast. Exactly. The Couples Thing podcast. Um, it started because we used to have date nights, dedicated weekly date nights, where we would turn off all technology and just focus on one another and learn more about each other. And we would have these crazy debates that would sometimes find, we would find our differences. And I'm like, you know what? We should really turn this into a channel because you watch so many shows where they talk about topics, but they're filtered and they have to watch out for their brand or their endorsement deal. And I just want to talk real shit with no barriers at all times. So, so then, and, and that, which is why you're here, because that's kind of how this works. Um, I don't know if you, you don't have a drink, it doesn't look like so. I have my water. Uh, it, doesn't count. it doesn't count. I'll be drinking later. I just drank a whole bottle of whiskey yesterday. Uh, so I'm trying uh, to chill out. Okay. <laughs> oh, so two people are working off hangovers. <laughs> Um, but I, I want to talk about, um, so I'm, I'm live. I, I, you're not, you're not on video for live. So it's just audio. Sorry. We I'm can not, see you though. I'm not that technologically advanced. Um, but I want to get some of your, I want to get some of your input on, on some of the sexual harassment stuff, uh, specifically at, at work. Um, 
But I know you can be combative because I saw on my police thing that I posted the other day. Mm-hmm. Uh, I saw you going a little bit back and forth. I remain, I, I, you know, I just, the, I know. Whole reason, the whole reason I posted the, the, the middle finger and the car, the cop car on fire is because I want to draw attention to it. And oh, I, know. I had no problem with it. I, I think I support it. <laughs> and I don't hate cops. And I, and, and I know that being a cop is, and James and I have talked about this a, a lot, how difficult it is being a cop. And there's a lot of great cops and a lot of cops that care, you know, passionate about the job, passionate about the community. There's a lot of minority police officers. Um, and, uh, but either, either way, I, my opinion on the, on the police was no reflection of that image. It was simply clickbait. Oh, no, I know. I was agreeing with you. I was disagreeing with the woman that had told you, like, this is so unprofessional. Well, and it, well no, it is, though. It was, she was, she was right. It was unprofessional, and it was rude, and, it's, and, and, and that's the cost that I'm paying, is some people's perspective on me, to be getting more people to click on it and listen to the discussion, because it's a discussion worth listening to and engaging. Yeah, but it uh, but, as like clickbait or so. Yeah, which is what it was. Um, but when it comes to the sexual harassment stuff in the workplace, hmm. um, what's your, just, just give me, obviously you're, you, you, you got, you're engaged and now, and now you're live. Yeah. So, so just give me your two cents on this. You know, it's funny because it wasn't until this year and until the whole Me Too movement came to life where I started to realize all the jobs I had previously, there was some form of sexual harassment, some form of it, even if it was little. And what I like, what I, I like to be very honest, there are men that have no clue that they're being inappropriate. Um, but there are certain things you just don't say, or I had a situation, I worked at Goldman Sachs for four years and um, I was only in the cafeteria level. It was, I was the manager of like the coffee station area. And one of the chefs that used to work in the kitchen, he was about 55 years old. I at the time, 22. And it, he would start flirting with me probably my third month in. What's a, I, so remember we're generational gap here. So, yeah. and I think, I think we have some strong lines with what's acceptable generationally. And I think we're in a big transition, transition period because Absolutely. that is a different generation. But I'm curious what you felt to be flirtatious. Well, hold on. I, I want to ask one kind of relevant question here, which is in that position, did he have power to control your job in terms of like, could he have fired you if he wanted to? Yes. Okay, yeah. Even important. though I will say this, we were union based. So anyone who was in the union was kind of kind of safe, but he did have pull. He was the top chef. He made all the orders. Okay, okay so he's older them. than you. There's a generational gap, and he has some level of control as to whether you keep your totally. employment. Um, what I didn't notice, I really didn't notice the flirting at the beginning. I just, I feel that some people are just charming and some people are just nice. So, so I don't take everything as flirting, but when the hand starts touching me right above the butt or when like the rubbing of the back happens, I feel like it's so inappropriate. And it's, that's weird as shit. That's a line. And men, they, it happens all the time. It's happened to me in about three to four jobs. I've been working since I was 14. I'm 32 now three to four jobs it has happened or it's like a little sly comment like oh you know I, okay i have a manager in a previous job i don't even want to mention and he was head honcho and he was like you know i forgot we were having a conversation about breakfast with bacon egg and cheese and how popular it is in new york it's like a staple breakfast and he pulled me to the side he was like i would love to get you some bacon sometime and I left it alone because I didn't take it seriously. I thought it was just a joke. I was like, what a coward, like whatever. But then it continued because I didn't say anything and I didn't set the tone. He saw that as let me continue flirting with her until maybe she gives me something. And a lot of guys don't know when to stop, even if you tell them nicely. So now on, on that. So at the end of the day and the beginning of the day, we're all animals. So we can't control being attracted to someone, the propinquity factor. Now you have to draw, you have to draw a guideline somewhere. 
-hmm. And I think it's probably, I don't know what the numbers are like, but I'll bet you a lot of people meet their spouse at work. And I I would say, and you did, okay. I would say a great number of people have met their significant other or past, past people that they've been with through work. So it happens. And I think if you just cut that out of possibility, I don't think we kind of exist as a society. I just think yeah, I agree. It's kind of something that happens. And I've never agreed that you could even stop that. Like there's a lot of jobs that stop you from dating and that That's doesn't make sense. Or especially yeah. if you're corporate, somebody might have to step down yeah. or you have to keep it a secret. Well, I think there's a difference in terms of like, I think there's a legitimate argument to be made to prevent people from dating that are at different employment levels. So having a manager that's dating someone that they're in charge of, that could be a problem. But if you have two people that are at roughly the same employment level, then it doesn't really make sense to ban that. What if but we started at the same level and one got promoted? Because that's what yeah. happened for me and my husband. He, I was a host entry. He was already there for six years. He was a supervisor. I became a supervisor. He became a manager. So it was always, we were always off. And yeah, well, that, that's where it gets dicey, and you raise a good point. Um, I, I think, well, there's, there's, reali- there, there's reality, and then there's what should happen. So mm-hmm. what should happen is if you're dating somebody that you work with, and, they, and either you or they get promoted, and now there's this differential in power where you might be able to control their job or you could fire somebody, then ideally one of the two of you probably that's needs tough. to leave that job and say, I, look, now that you now that you can fire me if if we get into an argument or something the night before like i i need to work somewhere else but it's it's not that easy to just switch jobs no i'm saying that that that's idea like ideally that's what should happen is that if you're dating somebody and they get promoted and now they're your boss or whatever you might have to say i need to leave this job to maintain professionalism and maintain the relationship and keep work and, and personal life separate so, so in, in reality, that's a lot harder to achieve, and I don't know what the answer is. So, so some we just got a comment that said a manager told me once I had nice lips. Now, to me, that's like a really minor thing that, like, probably shouldn't be okay. And it's, I feel like it's like right over the line, uh, in the sense that, like, it was just a poorly a compliment to compliment. You look nice today, I think, is, a, is, is on the other side. You look nice today is on the other side of the line by a couple of steps, but, but not far. You look mm-hmm. nice today is on the other side of the line. You look pretty today is on the wrong side. Oh, that's so disrespectful. Uh, <laughs> I don't think that's as bad had, as saying you have nice lips, though. But it and, is. It is. It's weird. I would not want a guy to come up to me that I work with and just randomly out of nowhere be like, you have nice lips. I'm oh, forever. But, but, that's weirder to me than saying you look really pretty today. But huh. it is weird. It is. But the thing is, people don't know how to interact. And, and that is, I think, really, again, with the fact that we're animals, a lot of people don't have, they have an urge to say something nice. And then they just come up with some shit. You know, and what if it is the person that just wants to be like, hi, uh, you look, uh, you today, uh, your lips look nice. And like they're, you know, and like that. Yeah, but it's all in the delivery. If you oh, come across yeah. like that, it's not going to come off creepy because you're like, this dude just doesn't know what he's doing. Yeah, because well, what if, and, I, and, I wouldn't take it wrong if it's a guy but, that's like, wow, that lip color is amazing. Your lips look great. Well, I but that's that on the line, your lips. Your yeah, lip but color. again, it's all in the delivery. Yeah. Rose, I'm gonna get to, and then, but that also, it, we, Rose is saying that someone went on to say what he would do with her lips, which I don't. Yeah, well, now we're way out of bounds. Yeah. yeah, exactly. I, you know, and that that could go that could go in different mm-hmm. depths, but either way, it's in the outfield. So, um, but but again, it's in the delivery. But how do you establish these lines on a corporate level? How do you write it into a handbook? And I again. Uh, Nicole, James and I on Thursday are going to sit down with someone who's going to be administering this sexual harassment training for my office. And we're going to, we're going to get some of this more handbook stuff, but I, I don't think he's going to be able to just kind of spitball like we are Is now. it a male or female doing the sexual harassment It's, it's uh, my, my female friend, Jamie, who's an attorney. Dope. And then 
I don't know exactly his role, but he's the one administering your works for the company, and it's a guy. Um, so like two people? Uh, it's going to be two people, but it's mo- it's a lot of it's coming from um, the, the trainer, and we're going to have a conversation about it, which is the goal. Um, so. That's really good. I mean, I think everyone needs to start doing more sexual harassment trainings because there's a lot going on that it really flies over over the heads of a lot of people because it's not something that, for example, a man wouldn't be used to that on a daily basis. And I think it stems from the way that a man grows up. You have to know how to speak to women. There are a billion things that I'm learning today that are so inappropriate to say. Like, you shouldn't speak on certain things to women especially in a work setting. So I feel like- Give us some examples of something that a guy might think is okay, but isn't. But that's, yeah, I want to get into the example stuff. I'm curious, obviously as a woman, you're, you're going to be much more familiar with it than, than we would be as guys. Which is why we're happy to have you here. So when I started a job um, working, I don't want to say the name of it. It was the previous job, 2016. Um, it was- so overwhelming because I come into this job, I'm the new girl, I get trained for three days. I am not even exaggerating with you. Over 10 to 12 people were on top of me within day two, trying to get my phone number, trying to take me out on a date. I have never had anything like that happen to me previously. And this is also the job where my husband currently still works. That's where we met. So he's not one of those men. So this is tough because I see like the, um, what's the word, like the primal instinct. Like I'm seeing, you know, if, if you were a woman, you know, if you were a female tiger put in the, put in the zoo and you were new to the, the pen, like all the guys would probably be, and that's animal instinct. So. Totally, but I feel like it's all about approach. And if I, I can set out the guys that did it, for example, my husband now, he did not approach me in that way at all. We actually got cool because we just started talking about life and just regular topics. He wasn't like intrusive. He wasn't trying to take me out, get me, get information on me. He wasn't over complimenting me. All these other guys didn't even know my first name and they were already jumping to conclusions. And then they were saying things to other people within the first week where the girls then started looking at me in a bad way and speaking badly about me because they thought that I was feeding into it or they were jealous. I don't know what it was, but I remember feeling so uncomfortable for a long time. No matter what current corner I turned, I was talking to this guy. This guy had my number and I never knew how. And it was just because the guys would talk amongst themselves and they were like, oh, Nicole's going to hang out with us this night. She spoke to me when we had a drink. I tell you not. There were rumors about me for a whole month when I never had longer than like a five minute conversation with these guys. All right. I got a question for you. Yeah, go ahead. Knowing what you know now, if you were, what advice would you give to your 2016 self as to how to handle that situation better? But hold on, just on, because, that, on that question though, on that question, what we're saying, what the, the current like societally is we're saying it's not on her. No, 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 absolutely not. I'm not saying it was, but I just want to make it clear that we're, that right now, kind of the, the viewpoint is that it's not on her. Right, but, no, I'm not saying that she's to blame for any of this. But there's but, one of her and there's multiple other offenders. Right, but the so, question, the question that I, I have is, ahead, now that she knows she's, she's more mature, she's more knowledgeable about how to handle these situations, it, what happened there wasn't her fault. She didn't do anything wrong, but she probably knows more things about how she could have shut that down and gone about it in a way to get that treatment to stop? I was a person that was very like shy and I was a people pleaser. So whenever someone would, I used to also claim I was more direct than I am today. So if someone would talk to me and say something, I would laugh it off. So why would someone take anyone seriously if they always laughed off the flirting or like, oh my God, stop. That makes a guy want to continue because he thinks that you're flirting back with him. And I did that a lot. So I would probably be very upfront, which a lot of guys are going to assume that I'm being a bitch, but that's something that I would do. I would just say, look, cut the shit. Don't do it. You want to be friends? We'll be friends. That's fine. Don't do anything else. And I feel you have to be that direct with certain men because 
because they do not know how to take well, no for an answer. So, so uh, can you describe a specific instance? If like somebody is hanging out all of a sudden around your desk, and then what would you have said? Like it's just some okay, kind so, of definitive so acting. That guy at Goldman Sachs, the 55-year-old man, Mike, Mike. His name was Michael on his tag. Everyone called him Michael, but he's like, you can call me Mike. I'll never forget it. This guy, anytime that he made any type of pass, I would just do this, like, hmm. like if he would touch my back, I would show with action and with my body that I didn't want him to touch me, but I still allowed him to at the end of the day. So for a lot of guys, their thought process is, well, I'm still doing it. She's not saying no. So this means I can still move forward. Me today, if he were doing that, I would remove his hand and say, stop it and don't let it happen again. I feel like we have to be more stern and more um, honest and direct, no matter how people look at you. It's important. But that's, but especially when you're new though, that's a really yeah. difficult, it's a really difficult move to make. I, you know, it's also on the guy. I'm noticing a lot that everything is on the woman. The one, when you think of so many situations, the woman should dress differently. Um, why were you in his house at 2 a.m.? Well, that's a good question. Like all, all of those things, but it shouldn't, it doesn't warrant someone being able to harass me, to rape me, to assault me in any kind of way. Just because I'm in your home at 2 a.m. does not mean anything. Maybe I see you as a friend and I trust you and we're just hanging out because that's usually the situation. And what a lot of people do not know, they don't know facts of sexual assault. 90% of people that report sexual assault or that speak on it, they're telling the truth. 90, that's a huge number. So 10% of people are lying. And those 10% are the people that are ruining it for those that are actually telling the truth. And then you have the men that wanna come out and say, well, what can you do differently? What do you think you should do better? When I think men should just be raised better. I don't think men are being raised properly, honestly. I think they're I being raised to like, you're the guy, go ahead, you go get that girl. And for a woman, it's like, don't touch any man, don't be next to anyone. The guy gets rewarded. He's always getting rewarded as he grows up. But this is, a, this is an EQ type of issue. And yeah. just like James and I are here asking you. Yeah, and uh, first of all, we agree with everything that you're saying. Feel yeah. free to, feel free to re reverse it, you know. If, if, let, me, if, let me throw one thing out there, though, because I think th this is something that there's kind of a disconnect between men and women here where like, and again, I, I realize that I'm kind of breaking a rule that you just set out for us, but I, I need to, I need to say this and then you can respond, which is that sometimes when men send signals to women, we think that we're being very clear and very often we are. And then sometimes when women send signals back to men, they think they're being clear, but to men, we don't interpret it as being clear. And so, like, there's been plenty of times when, like, in an act interaction with a girl, one way or the other, like, I didn't know what she was expecting from me. And later yeah. on, I would talk to her, and I would say, like, yo, what was going on there? And she's like, it wasn't obvious what I was looking for from you? I was like, no, not at all. She says, I, I couldn't have been more clear. I'm like, no, I didn't pick up on that at all. Whichever direction, she, whatever signal she was sending, I didn't pick up on it. And I think that's true of a lot of guys is that when we're looking for signals from a woman, they're much more subtle than if we were to be getting the same kind of signals from a dude, not like in, this is now like getting out of the romantic area, but that women sometimes feel like they're being more obvious than they actually are. And that other women might pick up on it, but sometimes men don't pick up on the subtle signals that women send. What and if so just we're, we're dumb creatures in a lot of ways. I just say this, this is how I feel. What if there are no signals? What if you just communicate? I feel like people don't want to communicate anymore. Uh, certain men are afraid to speak up and speak what they really want. Like, for example, if two people meet in the street, I always say this, and I've said this to my husband, when we first started dating, I'm like, listen, if you feel the need to creep out or do anything, I would rather hear it from your mouth than to find out from a friend or to find out from Instagram or social media, communication is key. Men don't know, and some women as well, don't know how many times they can be actually forgiven or understood if they just 
spoke rather than assume and bury it and lie or give some sort of weird signal because not everyone is the same human being. So everyone's gonna have different signals. How do we interpret those? Just communicate. Well, let me let me give you a scenario. And I'm gonna go back go ahead, to the yeah. workplace because that's where this conversation originated. How, and it's typically then, and we I think we can agree on this based on kind of all of our stances so far. It's typically the male who is the aggressor. And that's not always the case. I can tell you that as a guy. Oh, it's not always the case. Um, but more but often than not, we can agree, right? It's the male who's the aggressor. So in this, in, and here's what I'm going to, here's my scenario. How does a male in the workplace communicate that he is attracted, but doesn't want to compromise anyone's comfort levels and come off as a weirdo? Right. Just so like that. let me rephrase it in a, in a very simple way. If, if I'm working at a place and you just, you were just hired and mm -hmm. I would like to ask you out on a date, how do I go about, because I don't think like, in the Zoom again, like we're at the same level of employment. Like, yeah. I don't think there's anything wrong with male or female asking someone that you work with to go out on a date. Totally. How do you do that in a way that doesn't cross the line? I mean, I think it's, I think it's easier said than done, but it depends on the person's comfort level with the other person. I would want someone, I would have wanted someone to come up to me and say, you know, I, I, I know that we don't know each other that well, but I would like to get to know you a little better if that's okay with you. I know we work in the same setting. If that doesn't make you feel uncomfortable, can I take you out? It's that simple. So the, the advice that I get, and very similar to that, is the advice, and that's, that's pretty... That's pretty direct, what you just said. Mm -hmm. um, I just, I remember being in like middle school and high school and not understanding how to date. And you know, I have, I have half of the meetings I have are more socially, uh, uh, almost like therapist role, I feel like, with, with what I do now. I'm, <laughs> I'm not doing so much real estate and just dealing with bullshit. And part of dealing with bullshit is dealing with, with people. But when it comes to that, what I've, what I've told people is that you, if you're into someone, let them know that yeah, right away. And if, and, and you have to go in knowing that it's a plenty of fish world. And if you're interested in somebody, they're not interested back, then that's, then you just, then you yeah. then, and and no take no for an answer. No harm, no foul, no harm, no foul, providing there was no harm. But if you go about doing this covert operation, ninja shit, I'm going to loom around their desk, I'm going to give them a back rub at work type of shit, yeah. oh, and, then, and then some magic shit's going to happen in the hallway near the bathrooms. Like, I don't know what people are fucking thinking, but mm -hmm. if you're just kind of, and it is a communication issue, but again, people have very, they teach home ec, all right? They teach you how to fucking sew in seventh grade, but the communication aspect of, of it is is not something social communication social so social cues could be not a class but it could be a chapter it could be, it it could be a chapter be. in the fucking not humanity home ec humanities even it, you know, it, it could be a chapter in one of these classes where it may not give you the full spectrum of the knowledge but it may give you it may give you some of the information you know, like, like exactly. what I'm saying is that is a health teacher doesn't whip out their dick and put a condom on it, right? Exactly. You you can deduce from there and you can assume, you know, from, they show you a condom. See, they do take out the banana. Yeah. They did that for me. They took out the banana. Yeah. We they didn't get that treatment. They also train you in school to be a mom at a young age. So they have you walking around carrying fake babies. Well, they I made us do that as dudes. I think that's, I don't think that's a good idea. Yo, they made they, in our school. We had to carry around the five pound sack of flour for a month or two weeks or whatever, too. And I was a dude. I'm like, first of all, I'm never having kids. But they Second of all, if taxes. I am having kids, I'm not the one carrying it. <laughs> oh, they man. don't teach taxes. They don't teach real estate. They don't teach any of that. And those things are important because once you grow up, there are some people that move out at the age of 15. They should know what to do from, I believe, sixth grade to 12th grade. They should know how to do all of those things. <clears throat> yeah. Um, totally. Well, I, I think kind of going along with what you were saying and what Justin was saying is like, 
there's nothing wrong with going and asking somebody that you're working with out. But if they say no, then that's the end of it. Is say, okay. Oh, no, no, hold up, hold up. That's not the end of it. That's not the end of it. It should be. I'm saying if if I ask somebody out and they say, I'm not interested in going out with you, then I need to just say, okay. How many, wait, wait, wait. How many people have you been attracted to or maybe not been attracted to and then ended up dating down the line? So that's, it, that's just why it's not linear. You meet somebody, they grow on you, maybe they hit on you, and then you, so this is where the emotional intelligence comes into play. And it's just, it's, 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 it's there, you can't print this shit in a fucking textbook. But I'm going to fucking, I, I'm going to disagree with you on this one, because the thing is, if I ask a girl out and she says no, Hold on, guys, maybe, I'm still in, maybe I'm still interested in her, but she said no. Exactly. If she changes her mind some point down the line, she will let me know. I have no business asking her out again after she's already said no. We're talking about if she changes right? her mind and wants to go out with me, she'll say, hey, you asked me about that drink a couple of months ago. I wasn't able to then, but I'd like to now. Are you free this weekend or whatever? And then maybe I'll say yes, maybe I'll say no. It depends on where my life is. But I don't have any business asking someone who's already said no to me again. So for those on live, we're talking about sexual harassment in the work. But there are guys that get upset or they start to feel some type of way when you do say no. So they'll start to treat you differently or they'll start to talk about you differently. And that is on the person and well, that's wrong. who they are. Yeah. Which is terrible. But that's where you, that's what usually happens in settings like this at work for women. I can guarantee you, if you found a hundred women and asked them if they've ever been assaulted at a job, they're all going to say yes. And they're all going to have more than two stories for you. But, but I think harassed and assaulted are two different words. Well, I don't think assaulted. assaulted. But also, we're, but we're, we still have yet to define harassment and assaulted. Assaulted effectively means you've been touched inappropriately. Yeah. Although I, I actually don't think that's the definition of the word assaulted. Um, but it's, a, it's, a, it's effectively like... So it basically, if you're swinging at someone, it's assault until you connect. Yeah, make a physical and attack. Battery. But assault, uh, making a physical attack. Um, is but, assault. but but where is it harassment and where is it okay and where does it cross that that boundary? Because that's it's harassment when they do over texting. Well, I think it should. I think. My understanding of harassment is that once you say stop or no, and it continues, then it becomes harassment. I could be wrong on this. Um, I mean, no, because what if the person is just afraid to say stop or no, and they just like let it wiggle off? But how much of that harassing them? But how much of that should be on them? Just like what you were giving to the advice you were giving to twenty-seven, twenty-eight-year-old Nicole. Yeah, but that's still on the way the person was raised. And you can still tell with body cues when someone feels uncomfortable when you tell them. Some people can't. Some people I don't think so. You would know if if a guy is hitting on a girl and she's just like, "Mm, okay, and she does that, you're going to know that she's not interested because she's not entertaining it further. Maybe she doesn't say stop or no, but she's saying, "Mm, cool. And then she never talks to you. She leaves you alone. She doesn't embrace you in any kind of way. And you keep trying and you keep going and she feels too uncomfortable, which is, have you guys seen the morning show mm. on Apple TV? No, I have not. No. I think you guys have to see that. It's the best show. It got nominated, I think 11 times. Listen, this situation is kind of, um, I forgot what the guy's name from NBC is. It's sexual harassment and assault. And he has no idea that he's done anything, or at least you would assume so. But then they show in one of the episodes how it happens. And I can tell you, honestly, it changed my mind completely on it. And I used to look at a lot of women, and I used to be this person as well, where I would say you invited the idea. You invited this guy to do these things because you never said stop. You always just egged him on and you were super sweet and you let him flirt. And this is what one of the girls did. And she was one of the executives as well, like in the show. And he manipulated her in so many ways where he ends up assaulting her terribly and acts like nothing ever happened. 
at all right after it. And she literally ends up like losing pretty much her way through life after that. And no one believes her because she stays quiet about it. I and like you, I, I would like to watch this because, you know, I, it's a good show. I, my, and we, we're going to wrap in a minute, but, but my thinking is if some random person grabs my junk. Oh my God. That's assault. Sure. But like, you know, I'm no, going to get a snack no. and forget about it. Listen, like, if someone did it to you, to you, completely inappropriate and it is. Sure. Assault. Sure. But I just, I understand that there's going to be a certain amount of shit that happens to me that I don't want to, that, that I don't want to happen to me, that I'm going to have to live on my life and I'm going to be bigger than that smaller incident. Oh. And that, and that's my, you know, my, my thing is how people are claiming to be so damaged from things that happened. And that's why I'm telling you, I want to watch the episode. So maybe I have a deeper understanding of that. I but think you're I'm, both right here. I, I think saying that, hold on, let me get my thoughts together really quickly. Okay. So you're saying that people that say that they're damaged, elaborate more on that before I even hit my point. Well, I just, the unwanted touching of, you know, whether it's below the waist or below the shoulders or on the back, mm-hmm. you know, if it's your tits, your ass, your genitals. That is obviously way, way, way beyond the shoulder pat and then the shoulder rub. It, 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 there's varying degrees of this. But what I'm saying is how life-altering are these events where somebody feels you up? Now, it's happening on a, re- on a long-time basis, and it's affecting your career and, and so but but it happens like once or twice. Like I've been put in uncomfortable situations many times. Um, and See, like, these, these aren't just uncomfortable situations. This is someone touching your temple. Everyone's body belongs to them, right? Well, that's so, but that's that. Picture a fun. random person just trying to take what is not theirs, trying to touch what is not theirs without consent or permission. It can hurt someone drastically because you never know what happened to them in their past. It could re-trigger something that may have happened to them in the past. Or if it continuously happens, usually what comes out of that is an actual assault. Because the person, that's how a lot of assaults happen, especially in a work setting, when it is an assault, not harassment. They start harassing you, then they start with the little shoulder rubs. They start to like groom you and get comfortable with you. And then they assault you. Russell Simmons did it to Drew Dixon. The Russell Simmons, the hip hop Russell Simmons has over 22 allegations of rape. And he started every single situation exactly the way that we're describing right now. And where is he right now? In Bali because of the extraditionary treaty yeah. well I, I think every day yeah i think that both of you raise good points which is like any kind of unwanted touching is, is wrong and it shouldn't happen and you should call it out when it when it occurs but at the same time like a single instance by itself is something that like now there's a difference between like truly being sexually assaulted or raped versus like an unwanted touching of they touch your butt or they rub up against you in the wrong way or whatever. Like, that's not cool. I'm not endorsing it, but to, to, to let that kind of ruin everything about your next day, week, month, year or whatever is a bit much. And to blow up a single incident to, to be kind of apocalyptic is a bit much. So I think that there, there's a balance that? to be struck here. But what's a bit much to you may not be a bit much to me. So, Everyone has different levels of what is a lot to them. So, but and that's you can take any single situation for someone's entire world to flip upside down. So we don't know everyone's like mindset to say that also. And that's we're not all entire. We're trying to get on the same page. We're in the same chapter right now. We may not all be able to get on the same page because we don't have 
each other's backgrounds or understanding of this. I have a question. Sure. Really quick. What do you do in the setting where, let's say, the person just like, all right, they did like an ass grab or, you know, the front grab, and they've done it twice to two different people? Well, that's, but I don't, are you saying me as, as the boss? No, so, not you. Let's just say. Are you saying don't me you as a want, Yeah, yeah. Wouldn't you want to get rid of that person because it's a cycle? It just, it's what could be a cycle of something. And I wouldn't want anyone to represent my brand. Oh, yeah, no. Uh, I don't think, I'm not saying that that person should should be allowed to continue doing that. Like if that happens to me, if I'm at work or I'm at a work event or whatever, and and somebody else comes up and does that to me, I'm probably going to address it immediately with them and be like, yo, that wasn't cool. Don't do that again. And then probably in private, I might go to one of the partners at my firm and say, hey, so-and-so like so and so acted in this manner i didn't feel comfortable about it i'm not really sure what to do about it because i can't fire anybody and i don't i'm not looking to fire anybody but this is what happened i didn't like it can you please talk to them but also i think your actions as it continues your actions need to grow you know Whose actions? at you as the, not not as the non-offender as the witness yeah. or as the offended yeah your actions need to, you know you say you may say nothing the first time you say something the next time it happens to someone else. You say something to someone else. That, but I think it needs to grow. I think the fact that we're having this conversation, though, I think is good because we all don't have the same perspective on this. And anybody who's listening is learning different perspectives. Um, but it's a very tricky subject. And for some aspects of it, it's not tr- tricky at all. Oh, yeah. some, people, some people are fucking retards should be punched in the face or kicked in the groin or put in jail okay <laughs> but especially i mean but but again you know you you we're drawing lines in different places here yeah. but yeah. none of us are coming down on the side of defending sexual assault or sexual harassment we're trying oh, to come well, up with some kind of identify. code of behavior oh, total, totally i agree with that I, and i think that's freaking awesome because i don't think this conversation is being had enough well, that's, yeah, I don't think we're gonna. I think more men need to have this conversation also, yeah. because that's who's doing it. The majority of our men, and if they hear other men men standing against them, I think it might lower and like not happen as much. But who knows? It depends on people and how they're brought up, of course. Yeah. No. Again, a lot of it has to do with the bringing up, but also there are aspects that are out of. Uh, parents control and their experience that people experience outside of the home and outside of the familiar construct Definitely. Um, but it's 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 just wild how this is such a big issue right now and it's so undefined we're literally we're writing the rule book as we go and not all of us agree on the rules funny i feel like this has been happening for centuries it's just that now you have people speaking up about it you have the me too movement who has actually opened the eyes of a lot of women and men and helped them to realize what really happened to them because a lot of people they compartmentalize it and they don't really pay attention to what happened to them or try to dissect it but that may not be a bad thing either people Mm -hmm. people putting something that happened to them behind them and saying, I'm not going to let that bullshit define me. I'm going to forget about it. And just like the person that called my office and said, this happened a really long time ago. And now I want to take this guy, you know, and, and, and ruin his life. I don't know what happened a long time ago. Yeah. You know, but do I, you feel, cause I heard that being said earlier, which I honestly, I was in the middle of doing my makeup to do a photo shoot. And I had it on my Apple TV and I ran to get my phone because I was like, hold on, I need to talk about this right now. Yeah. Do you think because it's the past that it should be left alone? So, but that's, how do you, how do you, rect- where, where are you, where's the relief on that? Okay. And, and maybe, and also maybe that person dealt with that, you know, maybe somebody had an interaction that they felt really sorrowful sorrowful about um but they left it untouched because they didn't want to make it a bigger issue than it was for the other person they felt bad about it for 15 years 
Or yeah, yeah, what happens if the agent comes to you and says, you know what they're saying is true and it was a really big mistake that I made at the time. I'm not like that anymore. I've learned my lesson. I'm, I regret the harm that I caused. Like, can you punish somebody for something that they did in the past if they, yeah. if they truly feel like they recognize that they, what they did was wrong and that they're not going to repeat that mistake? Okay, let me ask it this way. If it were your wife or your child, right? and someone abused them years ago, would you want justice for your daughter or your wife? Or would you want them just to let it go, forget about it, and let that person keep roaming around? Because that's just something they're saying. No one is openly going to admit to harassment, to assault, to rape. No one just admits it. Think about it. When have you heard someone openly admit it, ever? You could probably name someone with one hand who has actually admitted. Me, I'm a survivor. My thing happened to me when I was seven to 11 years old with my own father. I just brought it to life this year. I just, my mom just found out last year in March and the world of YouTube just found out this year, two months ago. So I still want justice. You wanna know why? Because that man still lives with my little sister, my brother and three other kids. And when I took out and I put my video up, do you wanna know how many phone calls I received of people that were also assaulted by my own father? I would have never found that out if I would have never spoken up about it and if I would have never tried to get some form of justice. I think a lot of people don't bring things up because they don't realize it, because they bury it, because they don't even think it's real or they haven't faced it. A lot of times it's not just, oh, I'm not gonna talk about it. I'm just gonna wait for a certain moment to bring it up. It's literally, you battle yourself in your head for years. Sometimes I thought mine was a nightmare for over 10 years. I had to call my best friend and ask her, did I ever tell you this story about my father? She was like a hundred percent. And that's the moment I knew it was real. Also watching documentaries, it brings things up and you hear other people's stories and you start to say, wait a minute, is this what happened to me? And I feel with this climate right now with the Me Too movement, that is exactly what happened. People started coming out of the woodworks and it, it opened up my eyes. A hundred and ten percent. Yeah, I was but, never going to say anything. But you just you just asked a question and then and share your experience, and based off your experience, that you know you're saying, should you let that person go? And then when you give that example, like that's a, obviously a very clear example of definitely not. Like that's that's somewhere where justice needs to be, where justice needs to happen. Yep. Whereas when we started the question. It see you know we were you we were we weren't leaning that far in that direction. Um, it's supposed to say what exactly happens because we say like let's wait for evidence or for the person to speak about it. We'd never know how whether it's like a tap on the shoulder or like a gro a groping situation. That is just as bad. It's not okay. It's not allowed. No one should be walking the streets doing anything like that. And typically, we don't know if that person is doing it a bunch of times to other people. Yeah, but but that's the, it's difficult when you when you don't know. So you can't assume one way or the other. It's really that's kind of how our courts work. You need evidence, and that's why this gets dicey, because you know you could have some other vendetta against somebody, and. It, but that's that's why we have these these kind of you know that's why we have that's why the judicial system is the way it is and and that's why as a society with the Me Too movement and everything else going on why it's such a complex issue. Well, it's, here's here's where it gets difficult, and this is kind men of run the world. That's why well, they made all a, the rules. <laughs> this is a unique case because in in very few other legal situations do you have like you, you've got two competing interests here. You've got the rights of the accused, which is innocent until proven guilty. They get to confront their accuser and they get to try and present a counterfactual to whatever charges are against them because you need to be able to defend yourself in a legal manner. However, you also have the rights of the, of the victim where if they've gone through something traumatic, then having to go back and relive that experience and retell that and have that experience criticized and scrutinized, it can just reintroduce the trauma 
and make the experience whatever however bad the experience was at the outset it'll be that much worse because now they have to go back through that experience and have the public pick it apart yep. and yeah. you you have these two fundamental rights of protecting the victim and protecting the accused that are diametrically opposed and if you if you go too far one way or the other then it's not fair to one party or the other but there's not really a compromise that can be made and that's it's kind of it's a paradox or there there's some kind of incongruity here where if you try and protect the rights of the accused then you're necessarily infringing upon the rights of the victim but if you respect the rights of the victim too much then you can have situations where someone is legitimately innocent and not able to defend themselves so guys we're, we're, we're beyond the 90 minute mark i've got to cut it well, let's leave it at that, that kind of, let's leave I, it at that, that paradox then of love, how, where do you cut, where you cut this balance? Well, that's, a, you, you've articulated that very well. I like the velocity that we've reached in this topic. Um, so, so let's leave it there. Um, if you guys are watching this on YouTube, I really want to know some experiences. Obviously it's too personal. You don't want to share it. Cool. But I'd love to hear your experiences. You want to share in the comments. Uh, if you guys are watching live, you want to share, you want to DM me. I'd love to tell some stories on the on the next uh, next time we're we're recording. Um, but Nicole, thank you very much for joining. We'll touch oh, you soon. Coco, off the stream. Um, I work in accounting, so and we and my firm specializes in like small businesses and everything else. So Dope. it might be good for us to talk about yes. since you're running a business, and that's pretty much I'm what still I learning do. I've been teaching myself everything so I'll definitely bother you guys I'll, I'll connect you I'll connect you afterwards okay. uh, I'm gonna sign off so thank you for joining us guys thank you. All right. I'll see you this soon this was awesome all right adios bye cheers bye. Bye. Uh, thank you for joining us for this podcast this is part one and part two of sip talk episode 33 and 34 episode 35 we're gonna have a sexual harassment trainer for the workplace and I think it's gonna get a bit more corporate you get a bit more textbook handbook type stuff about sexual harassment I think it's gonna be really cool but as I mentioned earlier I would really love to hear your stories providing you're comfortable sharing them uh, I think I think starting a conversation or perpetuating this conversation about sexual harassment is really important because there's so much undefined space um, but I appreciate you being part of this. I appreciate your comments. I appreciate your likes and I appreciate you sharing this podcast. So thank you very much. And I look forward to doing more of these with you. Thanks.